the Two Button Crew Podcast, episode 26. Today we're talking about spinoffs. And by we, I mean myself, Scott. I'm joined in studio by Simeon. Hello. And on Skype by Glenn. How are you, Glenn? Doing right. How are you? Good. It was just us last episode. So, Simeon, where have you been? How you been? I have been just doing the RV life. Just, uh struggling along as best i can as as we all are in these times so yeah um it's it's interesting but it's good so yeah what a year indeed well we decided on this topic because of a prominent spinoff coming out hyrule warriors age of calamity which is nintendo's big november game it came out in the slot where consoles like wii and wii u have come out in the past and other big holiday games so i think in a perfect year this would not have been their leading strike Mm -hmm. for black friday uh, as it's developed by a third party but uh but it's surprisingly good and has been reviewed well so i'm looking forward to playing it more how about you glenn are you a hyrule warriors man i did not play the first one no i am planning on getting this one um just because I, I heard good things about Hyrule Warriors. I just didn't have time for it. And uh, honestly, I am really interested in seeing what the world looks like before everything uh, uh, got destroyed in Breath of the Wild. So I'm kind of hoping for some context on that one. Though I've some of the stuff I've heard makes it sound like this may like result in a timeline split or something. Oh, no. So... It's like, I thought the whole point of Breath of the Wild was to just do away with all of that nonsense. uh, (laughs) Oh boy. Well, we'll uh, see. (laughs) All right, Glenn, it's uh, time for you to take the spotlight and do what you do best. Let's get into the nitty gritty of pedanticism. Okay. You mean semanticism? Both. Right? (laughs) Uh, technically, yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> okay, uh, how so? What is a spinoff? Uh, you wanted to philosophize, philosophize? Uh, no, let's just so, using bigger well, words. <laughs> hang on a second, let me just look up the definition of spinoff real quick. Is it a video game term? Uh, no, it's not exclusively a video game term. But mostly? Uh, no, like, you can have spinoffs of TV shows. Like, I think Mm -hmm. Friends had a show, a spinoff show that starred Joey for a while. Yep. Yeah, you can, but I think it's probably used a lot more often in the gaming industry. Um, now it is, um, but I mean, even back in the 70s, shows were having spinoffs of each other. Yeah. And uh, probably movies even earlier on. Yeah, and comic books as well, like the Avengers that mm-hmm. you could... Well, Avengers is a crossover, but I guess crossovers can be spinoffs as well. Yeah. You got the definition? Okay, so uh, spinoff. Something such as a product that is derived from something larger and more or less unrelated, uh, a byproduct. Or hmm. something derived from an earlier work, such as a television show starring a character who had a popular minor role in another show. Yeah. 
But yeah. in terms of uh, in terms of video games, you know what makes uh, what constitutes that is kind of a little bit tricky sometimes. Typically, we uh, we think of it as like a different form of uh, a form of gameplay, like Mario Kart is mm -hmm. to the Super Mario Brothers series. The way I think of it is, um, pardon the metaphor, but I almost think of it like a tree. Mm -hmm. Is that a tree is a franchise. The branches are the series in that franchise. And then the fruits or the nuts or the leaves or whatever, those are the different games in that franchise. Um, and then sometimes a spin-off series... Um, you know, the main trunk being the main series. A spin-off series will um, sometimes be uh, able to be pulled off, planted, and it's its own tree now. Mm. Um, and I think we see that, um, and I think we'll get, get down when we start asking these questions. So um, what do you guys think determines if a game is a spin-off what does gameplay determine that um i'm not sure that it's any one particular thing like mm -hmm. i think gameplay is a major component yeah um but you know even then it's like well mario kart's an obvious example it's a kart racer mm -hmm. uh, it's not a platformer but the yoshi games are platformers right so, and side-scrolling ones at that does do those count as a spinoff? They have the same game, uh, basic genre. Like the gameplay is different, so you can still make a case for that. Not only does it have the same genre, but it also has the same storyline too. I think that's another thing that um, determines a spinoff. Like if we talk about the Mega Man franchise, we have the main series, the classic series, and then we have. The Battle Network series, which is not only different in gameplay, but it's different in storyline. Right. But with, with Yoshi, we have at least some semblance of a similar storyline where we're talking about these characters as babies being protected. But I, I think in that instance, even though it's the same characters, the focus um, is on Yoshi as a character. Um and I think that the character um, tied in with the slight gameplay change um, and the mechanics change, I think that's probably enough to call that a spin-off. All right. Well, you mentioned an interesting point with Mega Man. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that brings up the question, is Mega Man X a spin-off from Mega Man? Ooh, that's... I, I, I would say yes, because um, even though the gameplay is very similar, you basically just add mechanics, the mm -hmm. and the storyline is the same. Yeah, it's a continuation. The, the character overlap is very slight. And so I would call it still... I would say that's another branch, probably really close. Um Maybe even intertwined a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So the Mega Man X series, I think, as after the X series, when you get into the Zero series and the ZX series and the Legend series, uh, you know, I think Legend series is a little bit more obvious. But those I see even more so as spinoffs because um, 
it's very different. Like it superficially similar, but it's enough for me to have played them both um, a couple of times and the gameplay does not interest me at all. I, also, um, I think that says something. <laughs> I also try to take into account developer intent mm. because if a, de- a developer knows when it's just making the next thing in a series mm-hmm. and they know when they're trying to reach different customers in different ways, like it's not the same team using the same methods when they go from Super Mario Bros. 3 to Super Mario Kart. They're trying to reach different people in a different way. Hmm. So, like Hyrule Warriors, to me that's a spin-off. Even though Age of Calamity uses the same graphic style, same setting as Breath of the Wild, same, same characters. characters, same continuation of the storyline. To me it's a spin-off because the developer's intent is different and it's different developers. Hmm. So, plus the different gameplay style. Uh, yeah, I think Glenn's right that it's a combination of a lot of factors. Yeah. yeah. We have we have down here. I'm I'm skipping one, but um, we have WarioWare here, and I think that's one of those things where that was a branch, and now it's essentially its own tree. That branch got ripped off because. When you think of WarioWare, you don't think of Mario. Uh, that's not even. Well, the, the thing about WarioWare is that it's a spinoff of a spinoff because it's a spinoff of the Wario series, uh, which was a spinoff of Mario. So it's. Yep, yep. It's that far down the line to where, it's it's that far removed. Well, should we lightning round these? Yes. Series? Yeah, so we, we have a few categories uh, here to just sort of like better examine some case, uh, sort of a case study here. So in, in the category of does gameplay determine if a game is a spinoff, uh, first up we have Metroid Prime. Is Metroid Prime a spinoff of the Metroid series? I say yes, but it's right. a new tree. I... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, think I wouldn't say enough. that, Scott, because Metroid Prime is still part of the Metroid series. I, I, and I would say that it's, um, it's another one of the main trunks and something we didn't uh, talk about, but I do think that naming, uh, keeping or having a separate naming convention, that yeah. can signify a major shift. So I, I think it would be like another main trunk. And then Federation Force is a spinoff of that. That's a rotten fruit on the end of the branch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we already mentioned WarioWare. It's uh, mm-hmm. we like it started off as a spinoff from Wario, but you you think it's distinct? It's definitely distinct from Mario. I would not yeah. count it as part of the Mario series, but would you say it's dis- still distinct from Wario? Totally. Yes, I would say yeah. So that leads to a question of: Are we? Saying that there's a Wario franchise, or maybe Wario has two franchises. There's the Wario Land franchise and the Wario uh, WarioWare franchise. Wario might have at one point, but I think it's dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's see. here's one. Super Mario 64 is it a spinoff? Because its gameplay, if you look at it in the context of when it was released, uh, mm. not the games that come after it, its gameplay was completely different from any Mario game that had come before it. It wasn't about reaching a flagpole or uh, a, a ribbon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a health gu- uh, gauge instead of 
and can, that has eight units on it instead of a um, uh, mushrooms or fire flowers, you know, instead of different states of power. And it's about collecting items and not just reaching the end of a, a level. So would you say Super Mario 64 is a spinoff of the Mario series? You make a compelling case, but it doesn't feel right to say yes. I, I would say that it's where a trunk, two main trunks split, kind of like um, with the Metroid series. I would say that it went split into 2D and 3D, both main trunks. I'm so I would say with you there, Simeon, because it was like, what, 15 years before Nintendo released another 2D Mario game? Um, Because well, they did not release a new 2D Mario game until oh, Super oh, Mario, uh, New Super Mario Brothers on the DS. Oh, that's true. Well, eh, well, I, I think this is where Scott's uh, comment about developer intent really comes into play. Because hmm. this was just intended to be the next step in Mario. I can see that. I and can see that. That's that's just a case of where the uh, the franchise, the series, took a different turn, in my opinion. Mm. But then they went back, looked at a picture of the old tree, and tried to get one of the same breed and plant it again. I guess. I, I would still consider them both part of the same franchise, because I see a franchise as being like the intellectual property. I don't mm -hmm. know, maybe... Maybe I have like a uh, a different definition of what makes a series than uh, Simeon does because it sounds like a series can split off and. I. I'm agreeing with you on this one. I think I think you're right that the developer <clears throat> intent was similar and is similar, <clears throat> and then when we get down the line to stuff like Super Mario 3D World where that line is pretty much blended together, we mm -hmm. see the developer intent that these are playing off of one another and intertwining with one another. So even though the gameplay is different, I don't see that. Yeah, so, okay, so we've established that it isn't strictly about gameplay. Yeah, correct. So, next up, let's talk about some games that are side stories. So, uh, we only have one in this category because I lack creativity when doing <laughs> this late at night and uh, sleep-deprived. Uh, <laughs> would you say Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2, by extension, are spinoffs of the Super Mario Brothers series? I would say no. Um, going back to developer intent, if we look at Super Mario 64, is even though the... It was for the Game Boy, and the story is different, um, especially if you prescribe to a certain number of Mario timeline theories, um, which I, I don't necessarily subscribe to a, a strict timeline. I think it's... I um, prescribed to what I call the Three Stooges timeline oh boy. of Super Mario. And we've already talked about that on a previous episode of Two Button Crew. But <laughs> I, I think that the developer intent was, this is Mario on the Game Boy. And even though the the story is different, um, it's, um, it's similar enough to where the developers just intended it to be Mario on the Game Boy. Yeah, just like Metroid 2 or mm -hmm. Kid Icarus 2. 
Yeah, I, w I would definitely agree with that. The gameplay is um, practically identical, and it's um, even though it, it it's very different in a lot of like the um, superficial as aspects, like the princess you're saving and who the villain is. I think mm -hmm. ultimately it's uh, it is intended to be part of the Mario series, and I think most uh, categorizations I've seen include it in the main in mainline Mario series. Mm -hmm. Alright, um, so what about yeah. settings and characters used? So oh, so yeah. Yoshi games, I think those are spin-offs. I think it's for a different demographic um, mm -hmm. uh, as far as trying to reach to a new I don't know if it's a, a new audience, but expanding the audience, it's a little bit yeah. I don't even know if I want to say softer than Mario. A lot of times characters are used. Yeah. So I would say that the Yoshi games are a spinoff. All right. Would you say the Donkey Kong games are a spinoff of Mario, for instance? Um, that's That's a tough one. I mean, it's like it was called Donkey Kong. But yeah, and this is where it gets really, um, uh, really weird because maybe Mario is a spinoff of Donkey Kong because uh, the Mario game, you know, they started both in Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong continued to be its own series for a while. There was Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong 3. Right. So Donkey Kong was its own ser uh, series and we could argue that Donkey Kong Country is a spinoff of that. Yeah. But then Mario also went off in his own direction uh, after, especially after Donkey Kong Jr. And so maybe yeah. Mario is a spinoff of Donkey Kong. <laughs> I would. Oh, this one's difficult. Um, I would. Hmm. Oh, jeez. How dare you, Glenn? No, this is this is a really interesting question. I would say that um, hmm. <laughs> we're just sitting here in silence. Um, I don't. I, I was really, waiting for the brain blast. I I don't have one because I could go any number of ways on this. I could. I'm, I'm going to say Mario is not a spinoff of Donkey Kong. Uh, and that's possibly just a little bit of a bias on my part because I really like mm -hmm. Mario. But I think really they're they're related, but they really went off in such drastic, um, such completely different di uh, directions that they um, really a lot of like Donkey Kong Country games nowadays really make no reference of Mario um, yeah. anymore. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. And ultimately. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto stated that he always intended Mario to be a character that just sort of stuck in whatever game made sense. You could, you could so, totally forget that they are even in the same universe until they just start automatically popping up in like Mario Kart and Mario Party. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. he is an honorary Mario character, even though their mainline games never cross over. That's not true. He was Donkey Kong was in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that was the actual Donkey Kong that was an 8-bit version, which yeah might have been, like, a papier-mâché prop. I'm not sure how <laughs> Donkey City does that. 
Odyssey referenced him uh, big time, which was uncommon for the new yeah. Mario series. Yeah, I would say that all three of those are different franchises, even. Yeah. All right. So we've got a few more here. Uh, Star Fox Adventure. Is it a spinoff? It feels like it is because the gameplay is completely different. The characters are different. The developer is different. The setting is different. Everything is different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, but it's a main part of the storyline. You can't just uh, factor that out. You know, it uh, for the main Star Fox uh, timeline, which Star Fox is weird because it has almost as many timelines as Zelda. <laughs> Because um, they keep rebooting it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Star Fox, for that that timeline, it's it's an essential piece. You can't just skip over it. It's not like it's some sort of little side story. Mm, so are we saying that if it's essential to the story that it's not a spinoff? Because I <laughs> don't necessarily think that. I think that this is a spinoff <clears throat> in the sense that even though it's essential to the story... The, um, the gameplay, with a few exceptions, of course, we've got a few sections. I would, I would, here's the thing. I would not go to a Star Fox fan and somebody who is so into the gameplay and say, you are going to love this game for how faithful it is to the gameplay of this i would recommend it if they're a fan of the story um or and if they're a fan of the legend of zelda but the gameplay is so distinct that i think at some point the story takes a back seat what, what i'm getting at to is the game and this goes back to an, a developer intent the um hmm. star fox adventures was um, created to be the next game in the series. Like, that's why it's a main part of the story, is because it, it is um, a part of the series. It's not some weird little s- spin-off right. side thing. It is intended I, to be an integral part of the progression of the characters. And I, I agree with you there, but so you're saying also at some point... Mm-hmm. The the developer can fail <laughs> at their intent. Yeah, and it's difficult to say which aspect trumps which aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, does developer intent always take precedent over how different the gameplay is or how it was received by the audience? I don't think so. Because, okay, ready for my spicy oh. hot take? You're going to hate this, Glenn. Okay. I don't think story matters in any Nintendo franchise ever. <laughs> I think I think that they are really, really bad crafters of stories and bad storytellers. And I think that their story oh emphasis always comes last. They, they, they decide what they want the gameplay mechanic to be first. That's how they make games. They, they came up with Flood, and then they built Super Mario Sunshine around it, and then they uh, made the, the pinatas, pantinas, whatever they are. They didn't come up with those characters first. They didn't say, you know what would be great is if there was a villain and his motivation was to spread stuff everywhere. That was just the result of a gameplay mechanic. So Nintendo doesn't have any cohesive storylines. Yes, Metro Samus has a, a timeline where she goes from planet to planet, 
but it's not it's not a good story i mean it's it's <laughs> it's cheap that she loses her powers and her suits every other weekday and has to <laughs> gain them all back like yeah there's a zelda timeline but they totally patched it together after um just making games to sell them in all these different settings they're like wait people want this to actually fit together so well, i mean actually if you go back to some developer interviews um it's pretty clear like they made ocarina of time to be a prequel to uh link to the past like there is some consideration for mm-hmm. it it's just um so i i wouldn't say it was entirely retroactive i think they actually do think about these things it's just not the most important aspect of mm. uh of development yeah so their their games don't need to make sense one to another like Star Fox command Star Fox command came <laughs> out after Star Fox adventures or, or after assault as like the next mainline entry and just completely threw any cohesive timeline into the garbage <laughs> so that's why I don't go based off stories to tell if something is a spinoff or not. Okay. But, so, going back to Super Mario 64, the gameplay was completely different, but we still said that was the main part of the uh, the series. Yeah. I think it was... Um, that was one where we would say that the developer intent succeeded because fans of the old Mario could now play the new Mario in 3D. And adding that third dimension means they had to make some changes. But Mario runs and jumps on stuff. And yes, there are some items and differences. And yes, there are some health differences. And yes, there are some goal differences. Um, The aesthetic is pretty similar. And also that leap to 3D was new and it was also dangerous and not every franchise was able to make it out of that alive um and so i i would say that in that instance the developer intent was not only the deciding factor but that it succeeded was the deciding factor in that it was meant to be a successor to their previous Mario platformers. It was just I don't know, that sounds next... like a lot of mental gymnastics to me, but unfortunately we don't have all day to debate <laughs> no, one game. Don't. So uh last game on our little uh mm-hmm. list of uh case studies is the uh, Excite Truck and Excite Bots. Are those spin-offs from Excite Bike? And I don't have a whole lot of experience with this franchise, so I'm gonna defer to you guys on this one. Well, the characters are completely different, and if you look at the motivations <laughs> behind why they're driving on the tracks, <laughs> okay, you actually have to read the prequel novel before you play. <laughs> oh tracks. my gosh! Uh, I think that they are the next step of the series. I guess I see this one's tough because okay, Excite Trucks and Excite Bots. We can agree that those are. A pair. A pair. Yeah. There, you can't say that Excite Bots is a spinoff of Excite Truck. There, it's literally the same gameplay, only altered a little bit. Yeah. To, but here's a here here's another thing is 
if I play a later game in the series, am I going to want to play an earlier game in the series? Excite Truck does not want me to does not make me want to play Excite Bike anymore. Hmm. Um, because it's different enough. It's so different. Um, I don't know. I would say. Ah, you know what? I'm going to say it's not a spinoff because I think you're right. I think this is just the next iteration. Um, but it's it's one of those things where it's like it's so far advanced and so far removed from mm-hmm. the original that it's hard to even tell that they're related if you were to take the labels off. Both these games are excellent, by the way. If mm-hmm. you can track down one and play one, try Excite Bots because it's a bit more fun. But Excite Truck is like the most overlooked launch game yes. ever. It was so good. Agreed. All right, thank you, Glenn, for the uh, mental exercise. That was really, really interesting. So I'm glad yeah. we glad you put all that thought into it. And now, like I say I love debating semantics. <laughs> <laughs> now. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> what makes a series a good candidate for spinoffs? The one that stood out to me the most from what something you were saying, Simeon, was characters. Like when they started making Yoshi games. I think taking a minor character and giving them their own series mm-hmm. is a clear candidate for making a spinoff, especially if that character is super popular. Yeah. Like when a character such as Baby Yoda kind of takes off in popularity in an unexpected way. We're getting a Baby Yoda cartoon is what you're trying to say. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's true. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think that characters definitely, and um, it's not just enough to have like one character. I think really a franchise to have spinoffs should have a large cast of uh, likable and recognizable mm-hmm. characters. So... Mario's. That's why Mario's prime for this. That's why um, the uh, Pokemon series is prime for it because those are all very yeah. character driven. Um, the Sonic the Hedgehog series is also very character driven. It's had a few spinoffs, but not as many. As, well, it's had like uh, kart racers and stuff, I suppose, but not as many as you would expect from a franchise like that. Um, but you know, like Metroid spinoffs, there there have been a few, but. They always kind of, like, to me, that always seems like a weird proposition because the Metroid series doesn't really have a cast of, like, immediately likable characters. Yeah, you have, like, Ridley and Craig, like, they're recognizable entities, but they don't, mm-hmm. like, what what is Ridley's personality? Like, we yeah. don't know <laughs> unless rare. you read, like, a... Uh, <laughs> unless you read, like, a supplementary material. Like, it's just not there in the actual work. Yep, you're right. I think when we ask this question, what makes a series a good candidate for spinoffs, I guess we have to um, refer to our previous discussion is, what is it that you're going to change? What axis are you going to spin on? I think usually it is characters because you go, oh, Mario Kart. That's because they had a recognizable cast, lovable cast, and they spun on that cast and changed the gameplay. Right. And I'm like, oh, that just that's the way to do it. But then I think, well, the Mega Man series, the story doesn't matter. Okay, let's just be honest here. Um, and if, if the Mega Man story matters to you, then then I applaud you. Um, but for, for me, it's gameplay. Yeah. And 
Well, the question is, is it a good candidate for the developer or for the gamer? Because hmm. the gameplay is an easy way to make a spinoff. Mm-hmm. You can sell a sports game with a Mario character, and that's great for the developer, but it's only good for the gamers sometimes. Like, there's Mario Strikers, which is awesome, and there's some Mario Golf games that just didn't cut it. Mm-hmm. So it's not an automatic home run, shall we say. Right. What were you going to say? Um, no, I was I was just going to... You know what? I might go back and take back what I said about the Mega Man X series. I don't think it's a spinoff of the Mega Man series. I think once we start getting into the Zero and ZX series, when the focus starts to turn more to story than gameplay, because I do not enjoy the gameplay. <laughs> um, and maybe that's just a personal opinion. The gameplay between Mega Man and Mega Man X is very similar. And I would say that they tried to spin it off because of the story, but the story is not good either way. So, so I don't know. Maybe that's going back to developer intent succeeding versus not. But um, I think the main thing that makes it a good candidate is the characters. And then gameplay is, is not necessarily something to, to hinge on unless you really want to morph the story in a weird way. Yeah. I, I would say gameplay as a... The thing is, certain... I, I think certain genres are easy to, easier to spin off of than others because if you have, like, a really complicated RPG or a uh, something like that, even if you have a good cast of characters... For some reason, you don't see as many spinoffs of uh, RPGs, and maybe that's right. just because um, they they tend to be a bit more niche and uh, and uh, player base, so it's just not economical to do it. I would say mm. that there's something about like the more complicated your gameplay is, the harder it is to, uh, to spin off from because people expect a spinoff to have some recognizable elements of that gameplay. Yeah. I, I see that. I, I see that. Yeah. Though there are certainly exceptions. Like, uh, believe it or not, the Puyo Puyo series is a spinoff of like some uh, really old RPG, uh, Japanese RPG series that I don't think ever made it to here and uh, was ever released here in the West. But it actually was originally like the, the Puyos were actually like sl- the slime enemies, like really low-ranking enemies, and then they made a puzzle <laughs> oh spinoff. My goodness. And then oh. the puzzle spinoff is uh, what made it in the West, and we, you know, it's what got really popular, and so that's what the Puyo Puyo series has become. And um, then it got really complicated because not only it, it spun off into a Sonic spinoff, and a Kirby spinoff. Yeah, those were reskins, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's it's bizarre. Yeah. Did uh, you want to touch on anything about the setting, Glenn? Um, I don't know. Does setting really have an effect on it? Uh, I I guess I would say most of the time when we see spinoffs, and this may really just have more to do with the characters. We don't really mm-hmm. see s- to the. Off the top of my head, and maybe this is just because I'm a Nintendo guy, I don't mm-hmm. think of settings that tend to be more serious uh, to have spinoffs. I mean, I suppose there yeah. are, like, um, the Hyrule of Warriors and the um, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, or whatever they call that, are spinoffs of their respective games, and those games tend to be a bit more mature in nature. 
but um, for the most part, I I guess it's just the the lowest common denominator thing. You have a broader yeah. appeal with a more kid friendly work because adults might uh, like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess in hindsight, yeah, the Elder Scrolls has had some spinoffs, and that's not exactly um, that you know that's a very complicated fantasy world. So I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I guess maybe setting doesn't really uh, affect it that much. I think that it just plugs back into characters um, and maybe even as a character. I think setting as a character. Um, Actually, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to... Thinking about the Elder Scrolls, the reason that that is so easy to do spinoffs of is because that world is freaking massive and has a lot of lore to it. So it was really easy to just say, and here is a side story that happened in this period of history. Like, it's right. it, it's one of those worlds. So I guess really it's how much open space does your setting have? Right. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of like the... It's really easy to come up with a... Uh, an idea for a game if you have a really rich, well-developed world, but the specifics aren't filled in too much. Right. I get that. All right, well, let's take a look at the best Nintendo spinoffs because they are definitely masters of the craft of making spinoffs. Whether or not they're successful, let's take a look at that. For sure, they have capitalized on Mario with a lot of branches. Mario Kart... RPGs, Mario Party, the sports titles, puzzle games like Dr. Mario, Captain Toad got his own game, Treasure Tracker, and then Luigi took the spotlight with Luigi's Mansion. So when do you think Nintendo has done well with their Mario spinoffs, and uh, which ones do you enjoy the most? Let's go to Glenn first. Uh, I would say for Mario... Uh, probably my two favorites are the Mario RPGs and Luigi's Mansion. Hmm. Which Mario RPGs do you like? Uh, I would I would say the Mario and Luigi games are probably my favorites. Though having said that, uh, it, it's interesting because I think only two of the Mario and Luigi games are really like top notch, excellent, and the others are just pretty good. So it, it is an interesting. Uh, there, there's an interesting discussion in there about when when is a series actually good? Is it do you judge a series by its standout titles or um, ah, just kind of try to average it out? The whole, yeah. And, I would uh, say. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Continue. Oh, I, I was just gonna move on to Luigi's Mansion. Um, Luigi's Mansion, uh, I also like because those games just have a lot of personality and it's it it, it has like this very cozy feel and maybe that's because you're exploring these like really densely packed rooms uh though um i i would say probably of those my favorite is the first luigi's mansion because it's i don't know the, the latter two are just kind of they, they don't quite capture the magic of the original i guess hmm. Hmm. same it um i would say um i agree with glenn is you know how, how do you measure how you like a series? I would say Mario Kart is the one that I'm, I'm going to try no matter what. And I'm probably going to play it no matter what. Like if 
all somebody has is a GameCube and they're playing Mario Kart or whatever. I'm going to play that. You know it's going to be a good time. Right. Um, Luigi's Mansion, I've only played the first one, but I really like it. Um, Certain Mario Party games, I don't like, but I like other ones. Um, I would say Mario Kart's my favorite just because I know that when I play it, I'm going to like it. Even though I like some... The only Mario RPG that I've really played is um, Mario RPG. Mario RPG, yeah, <laughs> Legend of the Seven Stars, and Super Paper Mario. I played through, but I, that is a whole other discussion as to how exactly that fits in here. Right? Yeah, that could be a spinoff of a spinoff itself. <laughs> yeah, spinning back off into the original. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. All right. Well, I gotta tip my cap to Dr. Mario. You know, mm. Simeon. Yeah, I know that. How that was just a big part of my family. My parents still play it every day. They have their Nintendo 64 hooked up in their bedroom. I was thinking about getting them an HDMI adapter for the 64, but whatever they're doing is already working. So, <laughs> why well, fix it if it's not broken? That's but, right. Yeah, we always play Dr. Mario as a family and. Still on family gatherings for holidays and stuff, we'll have a little tournament, and I will whip all my siblings, and then they're like, you can't play anymore. Just one-on-one, me versus your sister. <laughs> I have to go just watch. Oh. Yeah. Poor Scotty. Well, <laughs> Nintendo's other major tentpole franchise, Legend of Zelda, that's had plenty of of spinoffs as well Mm -hmm. not as many or as prominent as mario but there was link's crossbow training and then more recently the hyrule warriors is are there any that we're missing here uh i mean uh the uh, (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's that's an interest that's another discussion for another yeah um well, there's what what was it? Uh, the the rhythm game that came out of the wild. Yeah, Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule. Thank you. And we also have Tingle's wonderful Rupee Land and yeah. the Rupee Land that is wonderful and tingly. The, the <laughs> sequel to that. I know that there were two weird Tingle games, but I can't remember what they were. They're Japan only. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the I don't know the Japanese name. I know the first one is Tingle's freshly uh, like fresh picked. Uh, Rosy Rupee Land or something, yeah. Yeah. T- or Tingle's Rosy Fresh Pick Rupee Land, I think. The Nailed Fresh it. Tingle of Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think they could actually do a lot more spinoffs of Zelda. Yeah, I think, and maybe this is just me, and maybe this is uh, uh, Fire Emblem's territory, but I think that, well, no, I don't think it is. I think a Zelda RPG would be fantastic. Yeah. I want to play that. And I've wanted to play it for decades. Someone should make a podcast like that. (laughs) (laughs) Hint, hint. Uh, (laughs) Those aren't on our YouTube, by the way. you got to go to twobuttoncrew.com and look at the podcast for a great tabletop RPG in the Zelda series that Glenn took us through. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. So, Glenn, you put Battalion Wars, and that's a spinoff of Advanced Wars. Is that the idea? Uh, yeah, and Battalion Wars, it's a, it's a real-time strategy game and kind of like a third-person shooter. And hmm. um, I've never actually played Advanced Wars, so I, I... And they don't have, like, any overlapping characters or anything like that, but I really, really like the Battalion Wars series. Uh, it saddens me that they only ever made two games. Because, uh, hmm. like... 
apparently it's... We, we did a podcast on this, but it's apparently really hard to get a third game in a series. Like, it's easy to get a sequel sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard to get a third game. But, yeah, I, uh, I really... Uh, I don't know, I, I liked it. it. It combines strategy with having to, like, think on your feet because you're having to shoot at opponents while ordering your troops around. So it just it provides an experience that you just really don't get anywhere else. Well, Simeon, back in the day, we had a mm-hmm. barrel of fun with Ooh. Donkey Konga 1 and 2, mostly 1, and Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. So I think everybody remembers Donkey Konga and seeing those bongos in the mm-hmm. game stops and stuff. But Jungle Beat didn't catch on quite as much. It was a platformer. The weirdest thing about it, if you go back to it today, is that Donkey Kong is in the corner of the screen amplified, like magnified. Yeah. So that you can see him better, I guess. I guess. Because he's small on the screen, but that's just weird. That's not done in any other game. I think I think it's because the the you were zoomed out so far that so that you could see so much. Yeah. That you would like just lose sight of who you actually are and what you're actually doing. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's kind of showing off the graphical capabilities of, oh, this is a colorful game, but like they have to zoom in on the detail for you. And it would be super annoying is if everything you did is zoomed in to show Donkey Kong doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it is totally bizarre. And I understand why they did it, but the fact that they had to do it was probably a it was probably a key into oh there was something that went wrong early on and this is just a band-aid to patch that that yes. we didn't think all the way through yes that's true yeah, yeah and there least. was a there was a third one and it was released for the Wii not the um not the GameCube so it didn't use the bongo attachment it though it was originally supposed to if i'm not mistaken uh, barrel blast it was like a racing oh, game oh yes the racing game. Oh, I totally forgot. Yeah, I, I totally forgot it too. Huh. Never played it. I wonder how that is. I'm surprised I even remembered it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, whoa. Jungle yeah. Beat is also available on Wii, the new mm-hmm. play control series. That's so right. that one has really good boss battles. They're fun, like punch out mm-hmm. style, where you have to kind of watch the, the tells from the opponent. All right. The only other franchise that gives Mario a run for his money and spinoffs, I think, is Pokemon. Yeah. Which just has Stadium and Dungeon Rescue and all the puzzle games. And Shuffle and Troze. Troze. Pokemon Troze. Yeah. That's crazy. Pokemon Trainer Sex. Did you see that on Twitter? What? (laughs) It was a hashtag that was trending. It's supposed to be Pokemon Trainers EX, but <laughs> no spaces and hashtags. So then there was the uh, I can't remember what it was. The one I think you can only play as Pikachu, and you just scratch up your um, DS pad trying yes. to run. Hey, you Pikachu! Well, that was Pokemon for the Go. 64. I think he's talking about uh, Pokemon Dash, right? Dash. Yeah. That's what I was. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I had I was thinking of a different one. So. I think that most of these are cash grabs. Yep, they for are. kids and sad mobile whales. But I enjoy some Pokemon spinoffs, like the mm-hmm. Coliseum games for sure. What do you think, Glenn? 
Um, I played the Coliseum games back in the day, and Pokemon Snap was pretty cool, but... Mm, yes. Snap! Yeah, how, how did we forget that one? Uh, but the thing is, I, I liked Pokemon a lot back in the day, but I never actually got to play the mainline series because I didn't have a Game Boy. Um, and by the time that Pokemon kind of branched out and the, there were a ton of spinoffs... Um, you know, post post N sixty four period, I kind of moved on from Pokemon. And I haven't really gone back to it, so I don't have mm-hmm. a whole lot of experience outside of like Coliseum and Snap. I Pokemon is something that's interesting, and you know, it's I don't know if that's the discussion here, but Pokemon is something that even though it's so huge and the spinoffs are too much, and just everything is. You know, it's whales, and it's if you're into the mainline RPGs, it's just a bear to keep to keep uh, up up to date with. This is actually something that I have in common with my sister-in-law, and she's into um, Pokemon. And so, whenever we're together, we'll watch like new anime episodes. I'll be like, "Oh, this is cool," but I remember back. Yeah, in the original series, and she's like, "Oh, I've seen those too." So yeah, Pokemon is one of those yeah. enduring bears, like old, old, uh, or not old, but um, a- anime kid shows like like Pokemon or Beyblades or whatever. I have like this weird fascination with watching them and just like trying to riff on the the logic of them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's there's yep. something I enjoy about it, and and sort of. Uh, I, I guess you would say in an ironic fashion, but mm-hmm. well, Pokemon's interesting for me because I've only played spinoffs. Yeah, I've never played a mainline. <laughs> I tried like once or twice and just ended up selling them. But I have played Hey Pikachu, Coliseum. So what, I, wait, wait. So what you're saying is you've never played one all the way through. You have played a mainline game. I've just like dipped a toe in the mainline ones and barely got far at all. He so. well. You finished um, Gale of Darkness, yeah, which is pretty that. darn close. Yeah. yeah, do we? Yeah, that that is a, an interesting question. Is those are very much um, that that could have gone gone in arcade studies because it's like, do you, yeah. do you count yeah. those as spinoffs? I mean, I think you can make a strong case for it, but they also do seem to follow mostly the uh, the gameplay of the the original series. Yeah, yeah, agreed. True. Well. As this podcast plane comes in for a landing, Glenn, which, what spinoff would you like to see the most? You did already say that you wish there was more Battalion Wars, but if you could mm-hmm. commission Nintendo to make a spinoff, what would you do? Uh, okay, so other than more Battalion Wars, uh, I think what I would say is I want to see a game where that focuses on Mario's villains. So mm. um, Bowser definitely, it's it's. I, it's been long enough. I think Bowser needs his own game. Uh, and also, this one's a little bit less relevant now because Alpha Dream has unfortunately uh, uh, shuddered. But uh, a Wario and Waligi game would have been awesome. Uh, and in an RPG style. Yeah, in an RPG style. I mean, you could do something with Wario and Waligi, Waluigi um, nowadays, uh, definitely, that isn't an RPG. You you could have like a co-op platformer or something, like a puzzle platformer, like uh, I guess Lost Vikings or something. I've never played Lost Vikings, I don't know why I'm saying Right, that. I know what you're talking about. But, um, and another thing that would be really cool is to see a, a Zelda strategy game. 
um, where you get to, to command the various factions of Hyrule. So if you, you've ever wanted to see uh, uh, Gorons punch those snooty Zora square in the nose, <laughs> then you, know, uh, you could do that. And um, actually, just as a just as an aside, um, there are actually a couple of fan-made projects that are really interesting that are Zelda strategy games. Hmm. Yeah, and I think you will like Hyrule Warriors. It's not a top-down strategy, but you can tell your NPCs to go fight in whatever quadrant. And yeah. wait, are you saying it's like Battalion Wars? Uh, no, I shouldn't get your hopes up that high. <laughs> <laughs> Simeon, do you have a? Dream? A, a Zelda RPG. Yeah. Um, you know. What kind of RPG? And, Are we talking about like a, a JRPG? Turn-based. Turn turn-based. Turn-based, okay. Um, there, and I think that it, it's hard to spin off the Metroid series, but anything Metroid, I welcome. Boy, do I have a pitch for you. Tell me about it. It's, this is actually taken from our Create a Crossover oh, yes. episode, but I want a Metroid and Pokemon crossover spinoff where the Pokemon have some kind of like evil influence that's made them all go crazy. And you play a Samus and you have to go, first of all, scan them with your visor. That adds them to your Metroid Pokedex. But also kind of subdue them with non-lethal weapons and beat the evil henchmen that are kind of like gym leaders and stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. What do you think, Glenn? <laughs> Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I guess if anyone could make a crossover between Metroid and Pokemon work, it would be Nintendo. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I I have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just take $5 for the pre-order and you can pay the rest later, okay? Okay. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to this episode on spinoffs. Special thank you to Glenn for doing the big bulk of the outline. Yes. And thank you for listening whenever we drop one of these. So we appreciate you, whether you're subscribed to our YouTube channel after all of these years, or if you're uh, listening on a podcast platform, either way works. And we're just glad to have you here. So drop a comment. So yeah, and if you have uh, any recommendations, anything you'd like to hear for a future episode, you know, leave mm-hmm. us a comment, or you can email me at glenn at uh, twobuttoncrew.com, because uh, we would, honestly, I would like to do more just general topic uh, discussions like this, or uh, if there's any, like, specific game in the past that you would like us to talk about, like, I don't know, Twilight Princess or Super Mario 64 because um, I don't I don't want to just be covering the new games as they come out I'd like yeah. to do some more retro stuff so if you have any uh, you know if there's any game you want to hear us talk about go ahead and leave a comment and if it's something that we all have enough familiarity that we think we could get a, a good discussion out of uh, you know we'll uh, consider doing it okay any last minute plugs no that was my plug <laughs> um go my, my plug is to go check out the tabletop um, Zelda RPG that we did. It's, how many episodes is it? Eight? Ep- Eleven. Ten? Eleven episodes. Eleven mm-hmm. episodes. Um, wonderful storytelling um, by Glenn and the players, um, if I do say so myself. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's kind of an, an improv thing. Yeah, we had an absolute blast uh, doing it, so um, go go check that out. I'll second that. 
Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Simeon. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.